to the best movie ever podcast. The only podcast with three people with cotton balls in the mouth. Oh, yeah. Across from me, Sarah Mullins. Hi. <laughs> sitting, sitting to my right is uh, Nighthawk69. Please, you can call me RJ. <laughs> We're going to make them a podcast they can't refuse. <laughs> oh, you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. The shooter podcast. You <laughs> How dare you disrespect me? Uh, Cotton balls in your mouth. They they have a flavor to them. I'm really upset. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I don't, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> Sarah's still sticking. Oh, no, you're very sticking. Your impression sticking with the bit. Clearly, clearly want to do, do the bit. Do the, the Brando. Look at what they done to my son. <laughs> Look at what they done to my boy. All right, well, welcome. Welcome oh. to the best movie ever podcast. That went swimmingly. <laughs> that was the best. This is the podcast about oh, movies. Oh, God, that was disgusting. This is not the podcast about serial killers. This is not the podcast about serial. This is this one's about movies, folks. Yep. A podcast about movies. How novel. Hmm. How Hasn't unique. been one of those before. <laughs> so this is the best movie ever podcast. The podcast where we are going to watch every single best picture ever. And then decide which ones suck the most shit. That's what this is? Yeah. So <laughs> you were going to be watching, uh, I, God, hundreds upon hundreds of hours, some black and white, and then two Godfathers, which is what we Where saw we started. this week. Yeah. Let me ask you this before we get too deep. How many movies, how many, how many best pictures have there been? There have been. One is it like 90? Something like 90? 91 best picture movies. That's an odd number. Yes, so there will be a wild card. <laughs> there is one, a wild card, one, yes. One movie will uh, will just get into the races at some point, okay. and we'll, ju we'll just throw it in there. But uh, but this week we watched The Godfather and Godfather Part 2. Uh, so what we're going to do is take all the best picture winners uh, of all time, and we've sort of put them in a bracket system, sort of like a March Madness bracket. And they're going to go head to head. And then each week we're going to decide which movie goes on to the second round and then what movies get eliminated. Uh, so this week we watched The Godfather. And RJ, I'd love to know, how was your watch of The Godfather? It was, uh, it was, it was good. So for confessions right off the bat, I don't know about you guys, but I, have never, I had never seen either of these films. No, I had seen life. The Godfather. I'd never seen The Godfather Part, Part two. 2. Which is so weird. As, as, as three pop culture junkies, you can't help but kind of ingest a lot of uh just what the godfather is i have to tell you this was not what i thought the godfather was about <laughs> <laughs> i did not think this was the godfather and it uh it was delightful i, I liked it okay then then i guess we should ask what did you think the godfather was <laughs> yeah i'd love to know what the godfather was in your your mind's eye okay going into so it. i was basing my knowledge of the godfather mainly on a film called mafia starring jay moore from I believe the late nineties. Are you familiar with Mafia? I'm not, I'm not familiar with it. It is idea. like a scary movie esque, broad parody of gangster movies, and heavily influenced by The Godfather. Also heavily influenced by Goodfellas. Mm. And so uh, it's it's not The Godfather, but I thought that it was just like a verb, and it wasn't it wasn't that. I guess like that. My big takeaway is it was like incredibly long. I love having watched The Godfather. Can't say I totally enjoyed every millisecond of watching The Godfather. What for both movies? We were talking like seven hours of yeah, it was like work uh, that I put in to be on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, well, the first one was just under three hours. Uh, Godfather Two is 
uh, three hours and 20 minutes, which I felt every yeah. single minute of. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. First initial thoughts, uh, Sarah, about The Godfather. What did you think about it? Well, I'd seen it before, yeah. and, and I'd liked it before. So going into it, uh, there were a lot of things that I didn't remember, um, having seen it maybe a, a few years ago in college. Mm. But... I think that overall it, it sort of lived up to my expectations of having seen it before. So I wasn't surprised or, or upset terribly. I, I love the opening of the movie. Yes. Uh, oh, that one long shot. Yeah. 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 And then, um, well, it's, it begins and the, the theme comes over and immediately you get a smile on your face. You're like, Oh yeah. that uh, Yeah. This song's coming through. And then, and then it cuts to that like long shot on the guy uh, telling the Godfather, uh, you know, I need I need a favor from you, yeah. and just pulls out all the way to right behind Brando's head, and and then the the idea that there's this big gathering happening all around them, this giant wedding for the sister yeah. uh, Connie uh, at the same time, and the the whole atmosphere of that wedding is so amazing to start a film with. It's pretty rad, and I also think it's an incredible accomplishment that a movie that was made in the seventies. And I know it's not set in the 70s, but still a miracle that everybody at this wedding like is dressed cool. Like weddings in the 70s were embarrassing. <laughs> like if you look at our parents' <laughs> wedding pictures, it's terrifying. And so that was my first thought. I was like, oh, this is a, the only cool looking wedding that existed in the 70s. And it was put to film. Thank God. <laughs> but this it's also like the start of something that I struggled with is so you go in with these certain touchstones to the Godfather. You know, you come to me on the day of my. Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> Gotta get, gotta get that. You come to me on the day of this, my daughter's wedding. Oh. Yeah, come not a good taste. Day of my daughter's wedding. Yeah. Mine kind of sounds like uh, Christopher Walken. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's, like I said Christopher that Walken with cat the cotton balls as well. Yeah, that was his inspiration. I think Brando was just like, I want to do walk-in, but coming out of the dentist. <laughs> yes. But so, uh, yeah, so I'm, see, I'm watching this movie. I'm seeing things that I'm familiar with. But then it became clear that, like, the reason these things became pop culture touchstones is the movie, in my opinion forces you to see them as that. Like I was surprised yeah. when someone said, you know, the rule you can go to the Godfather on the day of his daughter's wedding and ask him for do. And like a genie, he has to do it. And that was surprising to me. It's like, Oh, it's like an actual rule in this mafia, which kind of blew my mind. It's like, it's like if Darth Vader said, I am your father in like every movie, just like really like being like, this is a cultural <laughs> touchstone. I don't know. That surprised me. I think every 10 to 15 minutes or so, I was like, oh yeah, this scene. And that, right, right. that wedding, um, for, I had a, a vivid memory of that moment where the, it was either detectives or the the reporters were taking down the license plates outside of it. Oh, right. So, uh, it was the FBI. The FBI, FBI yeah. yeah. So this entire ecosystem of everyone's having fun, but then there's like the FBI on the outside trying mm-hmm. to figure out who is in there right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was almost like a, a Shakespearean uh, play opening, I thought too. I was thinking like a little uh, Game of Thronesy too, like this whole like, especially once you open it up to the other families and kind of see the struggle there. Um, I think there's a lot owed to Godfather. Uh, it's it's fascinating. Another thing about that wedding that I I'll be looking at my phone throughout. It's not because I'm rude. I took <laughs> I took notes. Um, but uh, yeah, so at this wedding we meet all the characters, including Michael who's going to be our main dude with the main arc. And immediately I thought it was like pretty shitty of him not to give his date like a heads up of what, how, what the family does. Well, He shows up late to, he doesn't, he didn't go to the, the uh, ceremony of his sister's wedding. He just showed up late to the reception. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I like, 
from the very beginning, you're sort of like, okay, Michael doesn't want to be a part of this mafia aspect of his his family yeah but also he just didn't show up to his sister's wedding yeah yeah brando vita corleone is looking through the window the entire time like is michael here yeah he, hey have you seen michael <laughs> so like the this this whole like it's almost like hal from uh henry four part one or two mm. uh it's like the the boy king and like the the king is looking for him like he's got to be out there yeah somewhere. sure sure but we don't even see Michael until it must be like twenty minutes twenty into minutes the movie. in the movie yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he's he's off on the outskirts the entire time we've seen Sonny we've seen uh, Tom by then all of the other like main characters but but Michael's there with Kay just like my family kills people yeah <laughs> like is this just the first date up. the second date it is it is crazy well it's got they've got to be together for for a while because she comes to a family wedding yeah and it's weird you prep. You prep someone when you bring them. Families are weird. And so the first thing you say is like, oh, yeah, my family's in the mafia. My Everyone calls my dad the godfather, but he's not really everyone's godfather. That might be a confusing detail you should understand before showing up. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was a dirty move on Michael's part. I think he's, the, the movie is the arc of his corruption. I think he's already corrupt from the get. He's just not sharing stuff with his significant other. That's dirty. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Well, then also uh, in the middle of that wedding, uh, that famous singer shows up and everyone loses their fucking mind oh, like yeah. the Beatles arrive. That doesn't go... Well, it eventually leads to the stuff in LA. Yeah. The, the, the iconic horse head. Yeah, the yeah, horse yeah, yeah, head yeah. is connected to that. So I guess that just serves as like, here's a little taste of the world that we're in because it doesn't really come back to play unless I miss something. Well, like... No. Uh, Michael alludes to the fact that his father kills people and every has people killed, I should say, right, right. Uh, in in the wedding when he's talking to Kay. But the first time you actually see anything that gets killed, not anybody, but anything, yeah, is yeah. the horse's head. Sure. So it's like a necessary beat for you to be like, these are the stakes. This is where we're at. It is like a horrifying. That's another thing I was familiar with. But to like see it in the context was like. It's pretty intense. The first time you see any blood in this mafia movie oh. is is the horse in the in the bed. The location, I think it's called the Beverly House, uh, which we had just watched The Jerk maybe like a month back. Oh, and they have a scene there too. And that's the house that uh, Maven Johnson gets at the end of The Jerk. Oh, because wow. I recognize the the backyard by the pool area, and I guess it's been yeah. in a couple other things too. But but yeah, the the idea that Tom comes and is just like, hey, you're gonna. You know, you're gonna give him this part. Yeah, and then and then he's just like, you know what? I gotta leave right away. I need a car because the Godfather uh, likes to hear bad news immediately. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. we get the horse, and then and then it's just, I think, death after that. We get strangling, sure. shooting. But I I gotta say, I didn't think Brando was gonna get knocked out so fast in that movie. I, I was, didn't remember that at all. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was surprising to me to me too, and I didn't know. I, I, yeah, I didn't know, again, I didn't know anything about the beats in this movie, so I thought that might have been it. I was like, that's crazy that, like, Brando left such a mark with just being in this movie for that much, you know? Um, but this kind, that, that death scene and every death scene that follows, I thought the kills in this movie are, like, rad. Like, as a, I'm a huge horror guy, I'm a big gore guy, and, like, all of this stuff was was top notch, upsetting, and great, and really, really solid. Was it the knife in the hand? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. The, <laughs> the knife, knife in the hand in the hand and the strangle. As it gets strangled from behind. Yeah. I yeah. think it's very progressive that all of their hitmen were the fat guys. I mm. think, like, like as a husky <laughs> dude, I was like, yeah, we're the soldiers. Well, uh, they're the muscle. Detail. Yeah, you know? that's true. It was muscle. <laughs> <laughs> well, then the uh, the orange. I mean, oranges are in pretty much every 
every like 20, 30 minutes or so, you see an orange in this yeah. movie. And I'm sure there's like thesis papers that people have written about. about like, oh, I got thoughts t- on Godfather 2 and oranges. We'll get to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but every time you see an orange, uh, something bad happens to somebody. Mm-hmm. There's the iconic scene of, of him picking out the fruit. And mm-hmm. I just love, every everywhere it goes, Vito Corleone is just walking up going like, yeah, give me that one. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> yeah. pepper. And like, I wonder if Brando is just fucking around on set. Like, yeah, yeah. Give me a pepper, one strawberry, give me a blueberry. <laughs> because he seemed to be mindlessly Take just walking around. This comes to the other thing about uh, where I was coming from with this movie. Whenever you see a, an impression of Brando in this movie, it's so over the top, it's so heightened, it's so cartoony, that in my head I was like, oh, this performance is... Not necessarily bad, but dated. I assumed it would be dated and big, but it is so insanely small. It is like, I, I don't know, man. I really, it was like, it was, it really changed my brain about what this performance means to film history because I think I just assumed people were making fun of it, but it's really, it's it's like, it's like uh, uh, Ledger's Joker is what it is. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. it's so good, but everyone wants to try it. And then it becomes a parody of itself, you know? Brando is notorious for being like the mumbler. Mm-hmm. Everything is so intimate with him. Yeah. And it's it's desperately iconic. It's Every so, scene he's yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, one scene in particular that I loved that's such a small moment with Brando is when Michael is in the hospital. And oh, I love that scene. He comes back up and he like, takes Brando's hand and Brando's looking up at him and he looks so relieved and so happy that his son is, is there for him and, and is not necessarily in the mafia, but is acting like a member of the family for the first time that we've sort of seen him in the movie. And I'll also say, uh, I think I've never been so hungry for a rewatch right after watching a thing because it does that thing that so many seventies movies do is the, and you're kind of hinting at this with meeting Michael. So late in the game, you meet all these characters. It's kind of meandering. Nothing really seems to pull focus. And so you don't really know who your protagonist is. And it's like, I think like alien comes to mind. Like Mm -hmm. when they're like all on the ship, just sort of kicking it. And you're like, I don't know who I'm supposed to be latching onto now. And it all feels very improvisy um, that I think I missed a lot of details in that wedding thing, that wedding setup. And I'm, I'm hungry for a rewatch to watch the characters that I later learn more about, you know, did you have a, a favorite character overall? I mean, of well, course, like you, I mean, we all love Vito Corleone, Marlon Brando, yeah. but was there like a, a supporting character who like really popped out for you? I think I'd forgotten that Robert Duvall was in this yeah, movie yeah, yeah. with hair. With hair. And Ish. Yeah, a little bit of hair. And he loses well, it by the second. I was like watching it and I was like, who is that? He looks so familiar and I can't figure out mm-hmm. who it was. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, it's Robert Duvall. He looks great. <laughs> his whole character arc of, of you're, you always sort of question, especially after Michael takes over, like, is he going to remain loyal with Michael in place when he gets sort of downgraded from consigliere. Yeah. Because he's like the adopted son. The John Snow. Yes. The John Snow. <laughs> or the it. Reek. Probably closer to the Reek. I think I, it's tough for me to answer the favorite side character thing because it might be because of Godfather Part Two, but like Fredo is a standout for me. But he really, mm. he's got a lot more to do in the second one, you know? Yeah. I liked Fredo a lot in the second one. Yeah. The first, he sort of like, uh, goes off to he's Vegas. Sort of on the Vegas. Yeah. yeah, and he's a wacky dude. Do, do you know, have they done like a super cut of this thing? I was looking on IMDb and it looked like there was something like that. Now, HBO did a seven, like a seven and a half hour cut mm. that's a, a linear chronological sure. story. So it begins with all that old Vito Corleone stuff yeah. uh, as like a boy 
and it goes to Michael, and then I guess the third movie, which is a terrible rating on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. Yeah, supposedly it's really bad. Yeah, the first the first movie is like a ninety eight percent. Godfather two is ninety seven, and then I think it's like sixty something. Oh it's wow, sixty eight percent. I I love the uh, the Rotten Tomato scores on on some of these, and the audience score on this one I I found a particularly wonderful one i'd like to share this is with you now. the godfather this is the original godfather one of the most overrated movies of all time this flick is so slow campy and condescending to the audience like its star marlon brando it tries hard to be cool and lives <laughs> off of its unearned mystique it was created like so many movies in the 70s and 80s to stroke the egos of italian americans whoa <laughs> So just popping right in here with the racism and right wow. especially those who romanticize the mafia. The movie takes itself too seriously and like Satan, its power is overrated. This film belongs comfortably in the dustbin of history. Wow. I will say that review was less predictable than The Godfather. I'll <laughs> yeah. say that one. A lot of twists and turns in there. The, the first time I saw this, I'll, I'll preface it by saying, was in high school. So mm. uh, I hadn't watched this movie since then. And I thought it ended the moment Brando sticks the oranges in his teeth and is like chasing around his his uh, uh, godson? or his, No, his son. His son. Or no, his grandson. His grandson. 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 Yeah. He's like running around through the through the plants there yeah, and he yeah. like he drops dead. I thought the movie ends right there. And there's right. a whole what 40 minutes after that of Michael Probably. just killing yeah. killing all Yeah, killing all of his rivals and then I I will say though uh the where it does end I really really liked with Kay like staring through the door yeah. and you sort of know that she knows that he's he was lying the whole time. So I was waiting for that shot because Simpsons parodies that shot in an episode. And so I was like, I was like, when does that thing happen? And it's the last shot of the movie is just like, no women allowed. It's <laughs> 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 basically uh, no women in this. <laughs> yeah. In uh, back to my favorite film of all time, Mafia. Please don't hold with on to that J- sound bite. Um, with Jay Moore, Jay Moore's Mafia. That's going to be on the board. Uh, <laughs> Jay, can we just get a clean one of Jay Moore's Mafia? Jay Moore's Mafia. Use that however you like. Um, and so, yeah, there's a there's an orange orchard death in that film, and it's the exact same scene, except the Godfather figure puts an orange peel in his mouth and keeps going, a booga booga booga. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the kid murders him with, like, the pesticide thing that he's got. Like, it's something oh, strange. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, and so, like, that totally warped me for that scene. I was like, Aww. oh, man, is this, like, the same thing? And it was just, it was a very bizarre experience to watch with that knowledge. And I was like, why isn't he saying a booga booga booga? <laughs> Which I'd imagine is hard to do with an orange peel in your mouth. And uh, was it oh, the... we should have gotten orange peels. Gotten orange peels. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. The, the death at the end where they, like, lock the guy inside of the uh, revolving door and then shoot him yeah. through it. A lot of those deaths, I was like, I remembered this from something. Or it's been uh, put into other films. Yeah, yeah. Like, every death in that last little string is just so brutal. I uh, I did write the note here, just, just to go back a little bit. I think The Godfather would have had a billion followers on his ASMR channel. I think just with the voice... <laughs> That's what I was, it was channeling the whole time. Is like, uh, what's a good ASMR example? Uh, uh, you have to go from one side to the other. Oh, yeah. yeah. Make you an offer. You can't refuse. You come to me. You come to me. Come to me. Come to me. <laughs> come to me in the day of oh, the boy. That's going to be hard to get out of my head. <laughs> you must come, my boy. 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 <laughs> Somebody is J-O-ing to that right now. Yeah, you can upload just that clip and get like so many subscribers to this new channel. 
This is this channel is going to turn into a, a Brando ASMR channel. <laughs> so I, I will say this movie, I loved it a lot more than I expected mm. to. I didn't think I'd like it as much. I was smiling, I'd say, for probably the first hour and a half of the movie. Mm. But I have to ask you, this is a new segment we're going to call, um, uh, Why Did Godfather Suck So Hard? Okay. So Sarah, would you like to, to go first and just say, why did this movie just suck so bad? This great, this great, great movie. <laughs> It was so fucking long. Mm -hmm. And also, can we just talk about really briefly how uh, it just shat on all the women in the movie? Mm -hmm. Just all of them. <laughs> there's there's like Connie, Michael's sister, whose husband is abusing her. Oh, I forgot Connie. But then, gets, uh, that but scene where she's breaking everything in the in the apartment. She destroys everything. But then... Uh, Michael kills her husband and then lies to her about it. And then he lies to Kay about it and she knows, but she can't do anything about it. And he sort of cons Kay into marrying him. Sure. Yeah. And then of course his first wife gets blown up. Mm hmm. Oh yeah. We no, haven't talked about Italy at all. Yeah. 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 Uh, the, that whole Italy segment is so cool. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. And it's also like where, Michael starts to look like a dirt bag a little bit. Like he looks so clean, yeah. kind of like good. And then like once he gets to Italy, you're just like, oh, I see where this is. This is headed. Um, there, when he there was one like really odd thing that I took note of is like when they when when Michael first sees the chick that's going to become his wife, uh, his buddy is like you look like you just got struck with a thunderbolt or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. And it's two bodyguards. Like, yeah, and I was like, that's weird. And then they go to talk to her dad at the restaurant, and the guy says it again. Like, he was that proud of the metaphor he made. He was just like, this guy, you weren't there when I said this the first time, but this guy looks like he got struck by a thunderbolt. And then just more crickets. I don't. It was the weirdest thing. I don't know. Maybe it's an Italian expression. I don't know. Well, then the dad goes off and, like, loses his shit. And then Michael, instead of doing, like, the, the American wooing that he probably did with Kay, sure. I assume, yeah, yeah. Uh, which was, you know, first date, take, uh, you know, take a girl to an Italian wedding uh, at the mafia. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but the father comes out and he's just like, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> you can either dirt bag. You, you can either die or I could be your son. So here's what's going to happen. <laughs> We're going to have some dinner. I'm going to come over. I'm going to fuck your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> but then the was it he like goes off and they're like doing that that little walk into the sunset and then the camera like sort of pans back and it's all the women in the family as chaperones like walking <laughs> and then like the bodyguards. Yeah. And yeah. the bodyguards, uh, they end up fucking them in the end. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like the one bodyguards uh, is the guy who turns on him and then blows up uh, Apple, blows Apollonia? Apollonia. Apollonia. Yeah. yeah. That's the, that's her name. Apollonia. Yeah. yeah. Apollonia. Wow. So RJ, why did Godfather suck so hard? Um, I got a real sweeping one. Mm -hmm. I think it's just that I call it, GoldenEye N64 syndrome, where playing the video game GoldenEye for the Nintendo 64 when I was a kid, it was the greatest game of all time. Then we've had Halo, we've had just a whole bucket of first-person shooters, and going back, it's just like, well, this isn't quite perfected. So the, to that point, both of these films end with a big montage of a bunch of hits being handled and a bunch of people dying. In both cases, I think The Dark Knight did that exact same thing better. Mm, mm -hmm. And it's just because like this laid the groundwork for all this all these other gangster movies and mob movies to follow. And so I think it sucks because it's the first out the door and therefore not as good as the ones that follow. Is that okay? Is that a cheat? 
No, no, no. I think that I works. I think it's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think this one sucks so bad because The Rock ain't in this one. Yeah. Where's the, the Rock? The Rock. The Rock. The Dwayne, Rock. I Dwayne believe, the Rock Johnson isn't in this one. Folks. I believe. What was The <laughs> Rock doing in when they made Godfather? Uh, the Rock. Yeah, 1972. I believe. The Godfather released March fifteenth, nineteen seventy-two. Mm-hmm. Two months later, Dwayne Johnson was born. Oh, he wasn't born yet. Oh, he shit. wasn't okay. born. Okay. Okay. So, okay. okay. So I mean, he could have been. Uh, he wasn't born yet, but I mean, if they would have postponed it a little bit, CGI. He well, he could have been the baby they, at the uh, the baptism. That's yeah, true. Yeah. Put a wig on him. Yeah. It could have been the little baby. Okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now that that's covered. Never. That's covered. Any final thoughts on the Godfather? Let me consult my notes. Uh, For the audio listeners, RJ is now consulting his see. notes on his phone. My first note was Godfather's cat is 10 out of 10 in this first scene. I don't remember what that <gasps> oh, meant. Oh, he's loving on that cat. Yeah, it's like he's the cat's like rolling around. Like Marlon Brando is notorious for like having requests. I, I can assure you Brando was on set like, I can't do the scene. I need a cat. I want a cat. And they're like, um, we're ready to film, Mr. Brando. Can, can we film? <laughs> no, I need you to give me a cat. I want it to be a tabby. <laughs> a fat tabby that rolls over onto its back so you can scratch his little tabby tummy. Uh, so overall, uh, I, I, I love The Godfather. I think I loved it more it's than I expected. Yeah. Uh, so let's just jump right into the second film of this, right. uh, of this episode, which was The Godfather... Is that the melody of the... I think this episode's going to get claimed now. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, because it was a pitch-perfect creation. All right, uh, I need you to hum royalty-free Italian music, please. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, not that one, not that one. (laughs) We're getting all the claims. Uh, The Godfather Part 2, I I really wanted this movie to open... um, Maybe a little bit more iconically, uh, just seeing the two pop up right after it, mm. and then Michael's dumb face—it—it kind of took me out of after it. After he's somebody kisses his ring. He's got so as much as he looked like a dirtbag in Italy in the first one. He's full dirtbag looking at greasy, and he whoa yeah. whoa, 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 no slurs here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like he had greased back hair. Yes. Okay. And That's I, like what the senator says in like one of the first scenes. Know, where he's yeah, like, that was actually me. I, I played that role, <laughs> and I knocked it out of the park. Uh, and this one opens at a the fucking hugest first, Com- communion, first communion I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. Yeah, you grew up Catholic, right? Yeah. What was was your first communion like that? Uh, yeah, it was right on uh, Lake Tahoe. Right. And um, there was about a hundred people. Senators showed up. Uh, I got a ten thousand dollar check <laughs> wow. for for my college. I got I a guess. couple of five dollar bills and envelopes. I was pretty stoked about that. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, con- compared to the first movie where it's this like awesome wedding and yeah, then it's yeah. just like the most overblown first, first communion, communion of all yeah, time. Boy. And you don't see uh, Anthony that entire scene. It's yeah. his first communion and he's nowhere to be found except for that initial moment yeah. where he takes the, the host. Right. Man, yeah, that is really strange. Do you think, I mean, that must be based on something. Is that like a, do, do certain parts of Catholicism put that much importance on that sacrament of the first communion? That seems really strange to me. We had a party, I remember. Yeah, I had a yeah, I had a party. But I mean, it was it was small. It was like yeah. a, a backyard gathering. So I guess the mafia's version of they that would be at yeah. Michael's house at Lake Tahoe. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice that the organist played the Godfather theme at the first communion on the no, organ? No, no, no. 
But we did we did get the And then it turned into Pop Goes the Weasel. Yeah, Pop uh, Goes the Weasel. That was great. I really I want to dive into this first communion so bad because we get so many great introductions to new characters. Uh what is it, Frankie, the dude, the mustachioed guy oh, gentleman? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We meet him. <laughs> At this big swanky event, drinking out of a hose with another dude <laughs> aiding in it. Like, why? How did he? Re- it. I, my mind was so boggled by this introduction. I I was entranced by every time the veto story started. Mm-hmm. Um, I found myself getting pulled out of the Michael story a lot. Uh, I thought throughout the first half of the movie, I was just aching for another veto moment. So much more interesting. Yeah, it was great. Like, yeah. and I thought uh, even when it sort of skipped through time and it got to Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. It was great. Like yeah. he did like such little, a great job. This like young child, Ellis Island, he has smallpox. I guess he comes into smallpox. He's quarantined. Gorgeously done. I really, okay. This might be a controversial opinion and it might be because I don't know much about the original novel. I don't know how it all works, but don't, wouldn't it make more sense to have the dual narrative between uh Vito's storyline and Michael's storyline from the first Godfather because, like, that's the parallel that's being drawn is, like, mm-hmm. them kind of coming into that role. It, it was I was having trouble f- figuring out why these two storylines were connected in this yeah. movie. And this movie, it I mean, everything I read about it going into it was like, oh, it masterfully crafts, like, these two storylines, like Vito's rise and Michael's, I guess, f- his family deteriorating right. from under him. But everything in the Vito story was far more interesting yeah, to me. Yeah. And, and Vito felt like a noble protagonist, this boy who, like, has to escape... And then as a self-made man, mm-hmm. uh, and every time I saw him, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is the best part of this film. And then when we went back to Michael, I was pulled out a little bit like, oh yeah, somebody's trying to kill Michael. What's yeah, going yeah, on yeah. here? Uh, there are some iconic scenes still in that Michael section though. I mean, when he gets the the uh, attack on his life and he finds like the picture his child wrote and is like, do you like this? Yes or no? Yeah, yeah, And he yeah, goes yeah. over to the desk to check. And like in that moment, I actually thought that that was planted. Like I, I imagined in my head that there was some guy who like, <laughs> like yeah, I'm going to get some crayons and I'm going to make this cool picture of a boat. <laughs> Look how clever I am. I'm using my left hand to leave him off the trail. <laughs> it looks like shit, right? I know he's going to go to the desk, get the orange crayon. And in that moment, we're going to shoot him. But then later in the movies, uh, his son's just like, did you like my picture? And I'm like, ah, shit, there goes my theory. God, I love that theory so much. I also love the gangster who, like, is trying to make it shitty, accidentally ends up being pretty happy with it and, like, thinks about taking it back home with him. Actually, (laughs) it's pretty good. I want to put it on my fridge. I just drew this from memory. This looks like a car, you know? (laughs) That's amazing. But the, uh, when we we go back to Vito and um, it's that scene of, of him meeting the friend who, like, steals everything yeah and he's just like hey would your wife like a rug and, and then yeah. and then he, like uh seeing Vito like kind of figuring out like how the world works in, yeah. in uh, New York City and he's just like oh okay we're breaking into the house this guy's about to shoot a police officer yeah, yeah. uh and and he just sort of goes with it but I for some reason I still find him more noble than Michael it's so fascinating and I don't I don't really know what the root of this is but they always warn you against like having passive protagonist, but that whole first section of Vito's storyline is he's being dragged along from place mm-hmm. to place. And maybe it's just the performance that De Niro turns in, but you never once feel like he does something out of peer pressure. He just, he commands himself. Like he's just like, I'm doing this because I've decided to do this. Yeah. And it kind of skirts that 
narrative issue. It's it's fascinating. He's amazing in this movie. It's and almost it, like he's he's sort of exploring the world. Yeah. By by going along with whatever whatever that's people totally tell him. what it is. He's yeah. trying to to learn more about because that I, I sort of understood that about Vito's character even in the first film is that he he observes and likes to see how people react to things and how yeah. people act. And I think that's where Vito's power comes from is that he's an observer. And I, I think to a certain extent, Michael inherits that, which is what makes him so good at being strategic. Sure. But Vito does it with a sense of, of soul and a sense of heart. Yeah. And he does it in order to support his family. Whereas Michael essentially at the end does it for himself. Yeah. And perhaps Michael is a little more suspicious of people than Vito is in his exploration. That's, I hadn't considered that. That actually helps my issue a little bit with why have this dual narrative? Because Mm -hmm. I think that is something that we're witnessing by jumping back and forth. Uh, You're just seeing how these two dudes handle these situations differently and and read people differently. And then back in the Michael camp, I did notice they ramped up the, closing the doors on women in this movie quite a bit. And mm-hmm. like, it's like every scene ends with like, oh, we'll just, uh, we'll just cl- keep this closed. There's like no women allowed. Uh, Connie has a lot more to do in this movie and she's less, um, I guess she remarries, right? Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause he says she's remarried a couple times, I think. Yeah. Cause she says that like, well, her first husband was killed by Michael. So the second husband presumably is the one that, um, she hasn't divorced yet when she right. brings the other guy in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the ink isn't dry in your divorce papers and you're already uh, with this guy. Yeah. It's like Michael, Michael's uh, statement to her. Yeah. Uh, I, I really started enjoying the Michael story when he went to Cuba, though. And he's with... Um, uh, the guy's name is Hyman... Hyman Roth? Roth. Yeah. Roth, yeah. The first thing I made a note of with Hyman Roth is Hyman Roth knows how to lounge. When we first meet him, he's an old man, leg up in a wicker (laughs) chair, like a chair that's not meant to be comfortable, and he has just made it comfortable. You like watching the football game? (laughs) My wife will make us some sandwiches. Sit down. Freaking Hyman Roth, man. Yeah, I I really enjoyed him in that first scene, and then, my God, the, the scene with the cake stood out too. Every time the camera was looking at a plate of cake, I was like, something's wrong with that fucking cake. Yeah. I was convinced it was poison. Sure. I thought it was poison. I thought it was a bomb. Because they say something about like, oh, the Michael says like the the rebels had like a grenade on them. Yeah. So like when they tried to take them, the grenade went off. And all I could think was like, there's a bomb in the cake. Right. And then when he started passing it around, I was like, oh, there's poison in the cake. And he's just going to watch them all eat it. But then the moment Michael starts taking a fork of the cake, yeah. I was like, oh shit, that was just... The filmmaker making me think something yeah, else was yeah. happening. Mm-hmm. Hyman even has a line. He says, don't cut it until everybody's seen it. The Hyman Roth plot was more of just an, an impetus for, so he goes to Cuba and then I, I guess the Cuban Missile Crisis takes place. And so then they have the um, McCarthyism yeah. of oh, the yeah, yeah, whole yeah. second act of the movie. I really dug that. I, it was like, it was disorienting because they do a time jump and you don't know exactly how we got to this place. Is it right? It's right after the intermission, right? That's the yeah, I think so. And oh my God, when that intermission came. Because <laughs> <laughs> the first film is like three hours and there's no there's no intermission. I, I assume there wasn't in the original release of the film. Yeah. But when it happened in this, I thought I had watched the movie for like two hours, two and a half hours. So when it came up, I was like, oh shit, there's got to be at least like an hour, hour and a half left of this. Well, that's because, I mean, it ends the first half of the movie on that great scene with with Vito. Skulking on the rooftops. Skulking on the rooftops. Oh, yeah. And he like unscrews the light bulb and he's got like the gun wrapped up. 
Yeah. And then he like hides it in the in which I've never seen that film, but for the, some reason the as chimneys, it's happening, he drops all mm-hmm. everything into the chimney. I was like, this is so iconic. Like I yeah. feel like I have a memory of this, or it's been repeated somewhere. I will say that this is so snobby film student of me, and I apologize. But like again, going back to the GoldenEye N64 thing, when uh, Don of the time, D O N Don of hmm. the time, is screwing the light bulb in, and it cuts to De Niro, and it's flashing light and dark. I had this like, oh, is this symbolism for him going back and forth between the good and bad? <laughs> and then I realized it was. But it's like, you can't, it's just like, this is where, I don't, this is where good movies were at the time. Good movies now, I'd like to think are less blatant with their symbolism and stuff. And there's probably a version of me, like maybe a week ago or a week from now, where I'd be really into that. But you're like two hours into this fucking movie. And like once that's, he's like, no, it's not. It's that, that's what this is. And it, it, it hurt. I must say, watching this film, there was numerous times where I was like, why is why is this movie on the the top of so many top 10 lists? Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of things to love about it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of moments where I was like, did this really need to be in this movie? And and you talked about liking the, the scenes in the courtroom. It completely took me out of the film when uh, I saw sure. that. Uh, when I saw them in the in the courtroom uh, about like Michael being a mob boss or not, and they're having everyone come up, I was like, for some reason, a movie that isn't about a court case sure, when it, sure, when sure. it jumps to a court case at like the two and a half hour mark. You saying that actually reminds me when they first got there, I almost wrote the note. This is a court movie now. It yeah. Like yeah. felt like there was like a whole other thing. But by the time they got into the more interesting stuff with people contradicting their previous statements, that's when I got on board with that. Yeah, I, I think the when the the senator from the beginning of the movie got up, stood up and was just like, yeah. Italian Americans <laughs> yeah. are the best people in the world. <laughs> so and good. you people are doing a dishonor to Italian Americans having mm-hmm. him sit there. He just keeps going. Well, that's yeah, because yeah. Uh, he quote unquote murdered oh, God, a I forgot about sex that. worker. Yeah. And then... Um, maybe you, murdered a sex worker. Yeah, what do you think murdered. happened there? Because I was thinking like, oh, they somehow like tricked him into thinking he did. But That's I was what like, I thought. Logistically, how would they do that? I, I mean, I guess like by drugging him or something. But he also seemed so like, he, he, he seemed shocked, but he was also like, I get how I, I, I understand how we got here. Like so what he seemed, he was just like, we were just, we do dangerous things. We do crazy things. And uh, yeah, she was but, laughing the whole time. Yeah, she yeah. was laughing. So he almost sort of copped to it in the scene. I was, yeah, uh, yeah it was interesting that, that was played ambiguously. I mean, it's really conveniently lucky for Michael and, and the rest of the mafia that, yeah, that something so like that happened. Because of the convenience, maybe they, maybe they might have uh, done it and framed him. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the timing of it all. Because he was trying to basically extort money out of Michael yeah. for the uh, gambling license for the mm. casino. Yeah, yeah. And this is around the time in the movie where I made the note, wait, is Brando not in this movie? Because <laughs> I didn't realize. Well, there's a scene at the dinner table where it's like, uh, is it like his yeah. uh, birthday? Is it like Pop- Papa's birthday Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Michael says like, no, I'm going to go off to the, the war or what. I'm going to join yeah. the Marines. And he's sitting there eating alone. And I was like, oh, we're going to see Brando. He's going to walk yeah. in. But uh, yeah, they didn't have to pay Brando for this one. Do you think that he didn't want to do it? I don't know. I got to look that up. Because that was, dri- that was I-, I say driving me crazy. But really, it was just like, I would have assumed that he would have been in this movie again, like for all the iconography around that character, he must've been in at least two movies. Yeah. (laughs) I I would imagine thinking about like how just kind of 
strange the way Brando's brain works. Mm. I, I think he might have... I would expect he would be like a, no, I had my iconic end. Like, I shot that scene. Sure, sure. My character's over. Like, we don't see him ever again. I want people to remember him by that last scene that I did. Yeah. Uh, I could see him as a as like a film filmmaker in his head going like, uh, I think that's, that's yeah, the end. To go, well, so this brings me to oranges again. Mm. So the Godfather died with an orange peel in his mouth. Yes. And I think everything in this movie points to the rest of the Corleone family having a fear of oranges <laughs> because there is a point in the very first scene where the Senator, I think gives him and he's like, what's this? And he's like, Oh, it's, it's an orange. And he's like, go see how those guys are hungry or something yeah, like yeah. it was really strange. And then later on he's talking to the other brothers and stuff and he's eating an orange, like an apple. So cautiously, ever so cautiously, I think it's really ruined the relationship between the Cor- Corleones and the oranges, that whole event. Did you notice that scene where he was biting it oh, like yeah, an apple? Oh, yeah, he bit into the top of it. Yeah, yeah. he like peeled a little chunk off. Then he And then he's like slurping the inside yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. all still. That was very upsetting to me. Um, why can, buy the oranges? Why bring them, like buy them at risk all, it? you know? Why risk it? I, I don't <laughs> think we can uh, not talk about the scene between Al Pacino and, and Kay. Michael and Kay. Because, mm. oh my God, I did not expect that. And I felt like I was in a different movie. Yeah, it was uh, melodramatic. It was big. I felt like I was in an acting we, we class. Can, we can have another baby. No, we can't. We, I'm not going to have any more children. <laughs> she says it was an abortion. Yeah. No less than five times. An abortion. It was an abortion. <laughs> like our marriage. An abortion. abortion. It's aborted. The baby has been aborted. It's an abortion. <laughs> You're an abortion. Can I admit that I was moved by that scene? <laughs> oh, my. I... <laughs> I got to say, uh, Diane Keaton, very good uh, overall as an yeah, actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Michael's performance, smoldering intensity, and every time we cut back to him, he's just a little bit more, like, ferocious. Sure. And then the final cut, it's like this big jump between, like, oh, I'll just do it for that. And then... <laughs> and he slaps like a fucking viper, too. Yeah, yeah. It's this quick slap, and you're like, holy shit. It's so... I hate to throw this on you, Sarah, but as the only woman in this room, <laughs> I was watching it. I saw, I think the reason the abortion thing scene, like kind I found moving is it was the first time she was doing something to halt, like something kind of powerful to take his power away. And it was something she had total control over. And yes, while the like hysterical screaming of the word abortion was kind of funny, <laughs> it's, I don't know. I found it moving. Cause it was like, finally she had control over this mm-hmm. relationship with him. Did you, I don't know. Did you feel any justice from that? Or was it all too silly? I, I thought that, um, I, I felt like it was a scene that was clearly written by a man. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And appreciated by another man. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> like, I, I, I don't I think Diane Keaton did a great job with mm. what she was given, but it definitely felt like a moment that was manufactured for Michael's reaction. Sure, sure. Not, oh, that's interesting. Not yeah. so much for her agency. How how can someone who clearly loves her own children as they are now go to such lengths? to blame, basically blame an unborn child. Right, right. Which, right. I mean, I'm not saying that, that she did, she doesn't have that choice yeah. by all means. But that is what you believe, though. And this is the platform for you to say, is that, like, women shouldn't have the right to choose? That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I, I, think, I, I think what I find weird is that, like, 
it, it's gotten to that she has two other children sure. and it, this it's like this point like seven years later that she this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well so, i mean anthony's already going to be the the heir to the, yeah. the family so like her getting rid of a child is her saying like no more i want no more of, yeah. of your family but i mean the the family will still continue it's out there yeah, she's yeah. Still, she still had two children that's what i don't Michael. find weird it's like if your logic is that I, I feel like she should just kill her other two children. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the movie I want to see. <laughs> Godfather yeah. 3. So here's 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 what I'll throw out there. If the arc of the first Godfather is uh, Michael's descent into his family turmoil in the family business, then Godfather 2 is about Michael starting to wear ascots under his white mm-hmm. shirts, which I'm a big, big fan of. It was a good look. Uh, it, I, I, Michael is a less interesting character than, uh, than the Godfather is. Um, I would have totally watched a three hour movie. That was a young Vito sure. Corleone, a prequel movie. I think, well, at the time wasn't a thing that was done. Mm. Um, but, but I think a Vito movie, I would have mm-hmm. watched the shit out of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to agree. Um, I thought that Robert De Niro did a great job playing young Vito and I wanted to see more of him. I thought that Michael's story was, to put it elegantly, garbage. Mm. And I was bored <laughs> and wanted it to end. So we've come we've come to the, the end of the first episode of the Best Movie Ever podcast. So we have to choose a movie that will not be going on to the next round and a movie you're willing to watch again. Oh, that's an interesting wrinkle for the next round. Yes. Well, one of them you're going to have to watch again. Uh, yeah. you'll have to see, I mean, if the Godfather goes to the final round, you're going to have to watch it like five, five times. Right, right, yeah. right. So, uh, how about, uh, Sarah, would you like to go first, uh, between the two films, what is your pick to move on to My the next round? My pick to go on to the next gra- round is definitely going to be, uh, the Godfather mm. part one. You almost movie. started a drum roll I, after her answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was going to be Godfather. <laughs> no, that's not how that's supposed to go, is it? <laughs> Uh, the Godfather, any any closing thoughts about why you really like The Godfather? I think that The Godfather um, is iconic in a number of different ways. Marlon Brando gives an incredible performance that I think people characterize as being over the top, but there are so many small moments throughout it that he is just so like full of heart. And, and there, it's the small moments that I remember the most. I think that... The opening scene, it's like 30 minutes long of the wedding, sets up all the characters so beautifully. It's such a, it sets up the world. It um, sets the tone for the entire movie. I thought it was beautiful. Um, my, my biggest criticism for the entire movie is just that it was long and that was more just the style of the time than anything else. Uh, RJ? Yeah, I am going to vote for... Here we go. Here we, this is the one. The God, the Godfather. This, is, this one's the Godfather. Yes, I'm going for the Godfather. Um, because uh, all those reasons, and also just like Godfather Two, just felt less focused. And I even said already in this podcast, I'm eager to rewatch the Godfather. So yeah. I mean, that sort of is what I'm gonna. I'm it. gonna put my foot up like Hyman Roth when I okay, say. Okay, do do a Hyman Roth. Just the camera's going right underneath. Uh, I mean, it doesn't really matter because our votes have already been yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> the Godfather, one hundred percent. Yeah, I uh, I wanted to like the Godfather too. Mm. I, once it began, I was like, "This is the movie that people say is the best sequel of all time." Yeah, I strongly disagree. Yeah, I think 
the Godfather two kind of sucked shit at times, mm. and and I'm I'm now I'm offending uh, somebody who's this is their favorite movie. Sorry, boomers. Sorry, <laughs> you big boomer. Um, but the big boomer's wrong this time <laughs> because uh, Godfather two was just overall not as good of a film. Mm. And uh, the Godfather one, so many iconic moments. I would watch it again. I was smiling for about an hour and a half, two hours of the film. The Godfather 2, I was I was like, I mean, I, I was looking at my emails and stuff. It just it just wasn't as good. It didn't hold my attention. You put that movie on on like a Sunday afternoon, you leave, you come back, and you haven't missed much, in yeah. my opinion. <laughs> sure, sure. But uh, but yeah, I would say the Godfather for sure goes on to the right, next right. round. That's it. It's and, official. And it just burned the Godfather too. Just just burn it. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Granted, man, if we could just go back in time, make uh, the whole movie just Vito Corleone young as Robert De Niro. Because mm. Robert De Niro was... And a skinny, I, sexy Robert De Niro. He was, he was skinny attractive. and sexy and just... He was very attractive. He was very attractive and very didn't attractive. speak English like at all. Wild. I'm just I'm I'm sad because I wish there were more of that that movie. The I wish that movie, movie existed in my yeah. mind. Sure. Yeah. Well, if you just pull those parts out, you still got like an 80 minute movie for yeah. sure, right? <laughs> <laughs> no intermission on this one. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, thank you for joining us for the first episode of the best movie ever podcast. So next uh, next episode we're going to be watching. We're going to be watching Chicago. Ooh. And oh, Renee Zellweger. And the Broadway Melody. The Broadway Melody. I have not seen the Broadway Melody. Uh, I've seen Chicago. Mm, not excited about that one. Uh, <laughs> the Broadway Melody came out in 1929, so it's going to wow. be... Uh, that's an old, old movie. It's also the second best picture to ever win the title of best Weird. picture. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, next episode, we'll be watching the Broadway Melody in Chicago. And uh, please join us for our very special Christmas in July episode, which is going to be Kurt Cameron saving, saving Christmas. Christmas. Okay, I'll which, come back for uh, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you for joining us. This has been the Best Movie Ever podcast. I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.